Welcome to the Ridley College Chapel podcast. Our mission is to equip men and women for God's mission in a rapidly changing and increasingly complex world. For more information, visit ridley.edu.au. Lord God, you have formed us with your hands when you created us. Lord God, we ask that you would form us as we hear your word and as you speak to us. Please bless these words to our hearts and bless Scott as he preaches as well. In your son's name, amen. Psalm 119 from verse 73. Your hands made me and formed me. Give me understanding to learn your commands. May those who fear you rejoice when they see me, for I have put my hope in your word. I know, Lord, that your laws are righteous and that in faithfulness you have afflicted me. Your unfailing love be my comfort, according to your promise to your servant. Let your compassion come to me, that I may live, for your law is my delight. May the arrogance be put to shame for wronging me without cause, but I will meditate on your precepts. May those who fear you turn to me, those who understand your statutes. May I wholeheartedly follow your decrees, that I may not be put to shame. Hear the word of the Lord. Hi everybody, thanks for coming today. The big point I'll be making today is that if we lean into God and his words regularly, then in times of crisis, that will be our natural instinct. In times of crisis, we will lean into God and his words if we have a positive attitude to God's words and that's our regular practice. I'd like to introduce you to the newest member of my family. This is Poppy, Poppy Girl. I absolutely love her to bits. We got her a couple of uh, years ago now because we wanted increased security at home. Um, so there she is. We decided not to get a bully breed, but instead get a large breed that was protective enough, had a big bark, but was essentially a very warm dog because we do a lot of hospitality. So we had to pick the right breed and then we've had to do the right training for the right kind of a breed. And that's the big idea that this psalm leads off with. If you look at the first verse, we see that it says, you have made me and formed me. God is the one who makes us, he creates us, but he continues to shape us and form us. And for that purpose, he gives us his words so that we might live up to our breeding in a sense, in the way that Poppy has. So what's happened with Poppy is she's aged now. This is her. Look at her. She's just so full. Look at those deep eyes. She has understanding. She has deep understanding. At the dog club, we take her too because we didn't want to be, you know, one of those families that's got the big out-of-control dog. If you ever go walking around my place at around 7 p.m., it's all these out-of-control dogs and their poor neighbours getting dragged around. We didn't want that, so we take her to a serious dog club twice a week. And she learns instructions, she can drop, stay, all kinds of stuff. But she's reached the point of understanding 
which is that deeper level of not just knowing the commands, but how to apply them. I learned this the other day because I was at a cafe and the big idea in our dog club is that your dog's cafe safe. So you can handle like kids and glasses smashing, no worries. Um, I knew Poppy was cafe safe because I turned around to do something. I turned back and she was looking at me like, help. And she had her mouth open. But she was like, please help me. She had her mouth open because a kid had put their fist in her mouth. Poppy knew not to shut that mouth. She had understanding, okay? Beyond all the commands, she knew that humans are good and you never do anything against a kid. So she's lived up to her training. In fact, she's kind of going beyond that. As you guys know, a couple of members of our family are in social services and she's already started to go into um, work with one of them. We're hoping she'll be a therapy dog in good time. Well, how about us? If we could go to the next slide. As Andy said um, in his talk on the Psalms, the big idea is that we might be good humans. Taking on God's words is actually how we learn to flourish as human beings, made to love God, worship God, till and steward the planet. How do you become a good human? Well, what this psalm says is if we're going to be in line with God, we need to embrace God's words so they might continually form us. Christians have always had a deep love for God's words. If we could have the next picture, the next picture is of, it's called a Beatus page, which, which is blessed in Latin. And Christians have decorated God's words. This is the beginning of Psalm 1. Blessed are those that don't sit with um, evildoers and spend time with mockers and so forth, but rather meditate on God's words day and night. They will flourish in their season like trees by living water. Christians have always valued God's words. And they've done it and expressed this value through art, for example. And this is what you see in this manuscript. It's a love for God's words. This page is about this big, so you can imagine all the effort that's gone into painting God's words, to express a love for God's words. Well, what are these instructions? Our psalm refers to God's words in different ways. Their words, their instructions, their promises, their laws, their precepts. What is the substance? Well, if you want to be a good human, Jesus makes it very simple. On the next slide, we have the fact that Jesus summarizes the law in Matthew very simply. You want to be a good human? What are the laws to embrace? Love God with everything that you have, all your strength, all your mind, everything, and love your neighbor as yourself. It's not that complicated. All of the laws and instructions that we have in our Bible are to serve loving God, and loving your neighbour as yourself. That's the content. That's why Christians love God's words, because they yield good things, good things that are good for people by those who were made by God, the God who knows us and forms us and continues to form us. If you want to be good for others and increasingly delightful to God, words that will guide you to love him and love your neighbours as yourselves. It's not really more than that. It's quite simple, the Christian message. But there's more. 
as I learnt from Lindsay in ethics. There's more to God's words and commands alone. There's character. That's about who you become. And Jesus teaches us these words, if you'd like to turn with me, to Matthew 5. Matthew 5. What are these words that we should love and embrace at all times? Well, this is Jesus teaching about who we should become and be as we love God and love others. Jesus says in Matthew 5, beginning at verse 3, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart. They will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. They will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way that they persecuted the prophets before you. So these are the words that Jesus gives us in addition to his command to love God and love one another. Therefore, it's no surprise from our psalm in verse 74, may those who fear you rejoice when they see me, for I have put my hope in your word. Who are the kind of people that we rejoice about? I'll tell you who it is. It's the people we interview to come to Ridley College. Because you know what you hear? you hear that they have put their hope in God's word and that they have grown as Christians. And you know what else you hear? References from ministers, from friends, other people that also have put their hope in your word. And then you hear about their family background. And you know, sometimes we even know your parents when you're applying. And I'm like, gee, that's great. Dale Barclay put his hope in God's word. I know that because he was my youth minister when I was 15. And now his kids are coming. That's awesome. What an encouragement it is to do interviews for prospective students. And you get to see and hear what it looks like for people to put their hope in God's word. Truly, these are families and communities and churches where they trust the word to love God and love your neighbor as yourself. And how did they go about doing this? They did it in humility. They did it as gentle people. They did it as pure-hearted people. They did it as those who recognize evil and grieve over it. Therefore, they pursue righteousness. And they're persistent in suffering because of these good words that they have. And interestingly, these words aren't separated from the God who gives these words, of course. And that's what St. Augustine and the great interpreters of the scriptures always remind us of when we read the Psalms. That when you're reading about God's words and his promises, verse 76, may your unfailing love be my comfort. 
It's out of his love and his desire to comfort you that he gives you these words. He wants us to flourish as human beings. So he gives us words that will lead to flourishing, that we might love one another and be virtuous Christ-like people and pursue outcomes, righteousness, peace, and joy in the spirit. God loves us. And these words comfort us because we know that we're doing the right thing when we're trying to love and persevering as parents and uncles and children and members of churches when it's hard. Our God is the compassionate one, verse 77. He is the one who gives us righteous words in compassion. God's words are not arbitrary. They're given so that his images might become like Christ and pursue the right thing in life, God's kingdom, righteousness, peace, and joy in the spirit. So we have commands. We've got virtues, if we go to the next one. To be pure in heart, to have the right character, then you'll be on your way to be a good human. The next one is that we have the right goals in place. What God's words do is they give us the right goals. And this is super important as we start in this passage to think about being afflicted by God and trials and in conflict with others sometimes. Whatever you do, get used to pursuing good goals. Dogs that are trained to pursue good goals, it becomes their nature. Their understanding is to pursue good goals. They, they know that the right thing to do is to, to stay with you, not to overly interact with kids. They, they gain an understanding. And understanding for Christians is to pursue the right goals in your life and get used to pursuing the good. That way when the hard times come, you just continue doing the basics well. In the world of sports, sometimes we talk about rehab. Like If you have surgery on your knee, then you do rehab, right? There's a thing now, it's called prehab. So as, as much as possible before your surgery, you, you train the area that's going to get operated on and strengthen it as much as possible because studies show that the stronger it is before surgery, the stronger it is it'll be after. So all my mates at lacrosse that are having surgery right now, they're prehabbing elbows, collarbones, necks and everything. Um, so prehabbing. And what Christians need to do is to get into prehab. This is what the psalm recommends. To get used to Understanding God's commands. To say, I know, Lord, that your laws are righteous, even in conditions such as, in your faithfulness you've afflicted me. The reason I mentioned virtue together with commands is that sometimes God needs to shape our character. And it needs to knock off those hard edges that get in the way of us being humble and meek and righteous and pure-hearted. And sometimes God afflicts us. And he, he might do it through self-made crises that we've brought upon ourselves. Or he might do it by using someone else's unrighteous actions that impact us. The key is not to give up in those times of crisis, not to give up on God and his character or the words that he gives us, God's compassion and the words that he gives us. If we could go to the next slide, that would be great. I don't know if you know this, but there's another Ridley College. 
And these are their graduates. And uh, I think they're in Canada because a lot of their graduates are getting scholarships to play ice hockey, <laughs> just from noticing. Um, so I've had a little look into to Ridley College and what they're up to. Like us, they, um, and we need a sports mascot, by the way. But um, we'll get to that another time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. The Ridley, I don't know. Um, the, yeah, I could think of many, but no. Um, so basically, they have also put into play a whole lot of student services to promote virtue and also to support people when hard times come their way. And a lot of these recent graduates went through high school during COVID. So what Ridley College is doing, the other one, is, is promoting the programs that have supported the well-being of their students and their education and their development as persons as they've gone through their studies. What's very interesting is that they're very, very cognizant of the fact that affliction and hard times sometimes brings out the best in people. That's what they're trying to say. And I don't think it's just spin. And I think that this psalm helps prepare us for those difficult times. So see verse 75. I know, Lord, that your laws are righteous. So the laws are righteous in that they come out of a right motivation. They're about establishing right relationships. And that in your faithfulness, so God's commitment to a right relationship to persons, you have afflicted me. Sometimes a Christian is trained, is rebuked by God's words. Sometimes a Christian is rebuked and trained by God's words and formed by God's words in the context of affliction. But guess what? I know that when God is disciplining me, I don't go into embrace God mode first. I first go to defensiveness, lame, woe is me, you know, all that kind of stuff. So part of Christian maturity actually is learning to embrace God and his words even in the really hard times and continue doing what you're already doing, continue doing what you used to do, which is to have a really positive disposition towards God's words. Like the middle-aged people from middle ages used to decorate the manuscripts, they love these words. Keep on loving these words even when God is afflicting us, even when it's really hard. And there's lots of reasons why we might resist God's words when it's hard. We can illustrate this from the dog club again. Can we have the next slide? Um, I go to an inclusive dog club. What that means is that we take dogs in the club that are naughty dogs and they get a yellow ribbon on them. But they're not naughty dogs because they're bad dogs. They might be old and grumpy. They might be post-op. They might be in-season loving dogs. <laughs> they, they, they maybe, maybe they're just in training. They haven't learned that dogs need to keep four paws on the ground. Maybe they just like getting up on two paws and playing. Maybe they're just nervous. And maybe there's something wrong, but we're just like having investigations and no one really knows. There's lots of reasons why Christians need some space sometimes. There's lots of reasons why Christians sometimes 
need to be disciplined by God. There's lots of reasons why Christians go through hard times. And sometimes, verse 78, may the arrogant be put to shame for wronging me without cause. Sometimes Christians go through really hard times because an aggressive or overloving dog has come at them in ways that are really inappropriate. So whether God is disciplining you and shaping you in righteousness or whether a yellow ribbon Christian has come at you and wronged you, which is really harmful, don't give up on God and God's ways. One of the great insights is that verse 79 can be read as something Jesus says to us. May those who fear you, God, turn to me, those who understand your statutes. This is how Augustine and many of the early church interpreters understand this verse. There is a call to turn to the most righteous, most faithful, most obedient one to God ever in times of crisis. May those who fear you, God, turn to me, those who understand your statutes. Jesus calls us to turn to himself as the one who has kept God's laws throughout his ministry from his anointing all the way to Gethsemane where the temptation was not to go through with the crucifixion. But Jesus was faithful to God's promises, instructions, commands, way and outcomes till the very end. He knows what it's like. And he calls you to come to him and be with him as you struggle to keep those commands. He empathises with us. He learnt how hard obedience is. That's what Hebrews tells us. And his spirit dwells within us, guiding us so that we may cling to him. And here's the response. May I wholeheartedly follow your decrees that I may not be put to shame. And we've seen this refrain again and again as we've looked at holding on to God's commands. It finishes often with a commitment to wholeheartedly hold on to God and God's words. What if we wholeheartedly held on to the command to love God and our neighbours ourselves? That'd be great. What if we wholeheartedly committed to be humble and meek and pure-hearted, and righteous, and mourn over evil, and persevere for one another. You know what would happen? People are going to come against you, but God won't discipline you because you're living up to your nature as an image of God who has grown in the character of Christ. You will flourish in the right way. You'll be good for other people. I want to be good for other people. Who wants to be good for other people? I mean it. Who wants to be good for other people? Hands up. I want to be good for other people. And the only way I can do this in season and out season, prehab and rehab, is following these words to love God and love my neighbour. And in the process, become Christ-like and pursue the right aims. May God give us understanding to learn these beautiful commands in which we delight.